You'll never believe this. A pastor and a rabbi walk into a podcast to discuss how faith and tradition should inspire but not limit us. Yeah, we talk about stand-up comedy, surfing, religion, family issues, Doritos, hemorrhoids, the bears, and absolutely nothing at all. You'll have so much fun, you'll never believe we're actually religious leaders. The musical Macbeth, that's what I've been looking forward to. I feel like um, there needs to be some sort of confession and forgiveness absolution for you for not having seen Hamlet yet. Do you mean Hamilton? Oh, yeah, I mean Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, because Hamlet, that's why I made the whole. They're both both presidents, though, right? Hamlet, I don't think so. Was there a president in Hamlet? I don't remember. I'm not the guy. I have seen Hamilton. I have, and I don't need any confessions vis-a-vis that, except I didn't love it. Oh, I'm not allowed to tell a full confession. Are we, are we recording already? You, you don't need to feel bad about not loving it. I mean, you'll spend an eternity in damnation, but it's fine. It's just how, how you are. Why didn't you love it? What was wrong with it? The truth of the matter is I think everybody who was there, um, and I think maybe even a lot of other people, they all like knew the music. I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with it. It was too, like, I couldn't hear what they were saying. And I was like, it's so fast. And I yeah, was like, really Am I get, and I'm and like, I think you're just getting old too. That's but. what I was going to say. I must be getting old, <laughs> but I was sitting there like, I, I, I was like, something cool is going on on the stage, but I don't know what it is. I can't understand what they're saying. I did have to watch the, <clears throat> watch the one on, uh, on, on Disney plus, uh, to really fully grasp kind of what's going on. But yeah. It's, they definitely needed to up those mics a little bit. It's good. And I, um, the girls, uh, all sing the lyrics horribly wrong. So it's always kind of funny. They'll just like randomly break out and sing, sing something that sounds like it's uh, from Hamilton, but it's uh, but totally it's the wrong not. words. And, um, no, I really also felt like, you know how when uh, I felt like I wasn't part of the in crowd, like I didn't, I felt like everyone there was like super excited and everything that happened. Yeah. They're screaming and yelling. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on yet. How could I be that excited about it? And I felt like, do you remember there was a great, uh, Howie Mandel bit where he um, somebody got up and left in the middle of his stand-up special and it was like in an amphitheater. So he could see that somebody was like missing and he goes, where's that person? Like, and the, and the amphitheater actually spun while he was doing his thing, like slowly turned around so he could see everybody. And then at one point he sees that there's somebody that and he goes, who, where's that person? <laughs> and they were like, Oh, they, they went to the bathroom. And they're like, okay, he goes, this is what we're going to do. Everybody in this section, get up and everybody in this section, get up and switch sides. And they all switched <laughs> and left and over. Like, and the guy comes back and comes down to the thing. And like, you, and like the whole place starts already starts laughing and he's just standing there and he turns to him and he goes, I'll teach you to freaking go to the bathroom in my set. <laughs> Because, and I was like, that's how I felt in, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like everybody was like, oh, oh, you guys got a joke going on here? I'm not in. That's pretty good. It sounds like something we did at, you know, we would do at summer camp or something like that. I often feel like some of the publicity stunts and things that, um, that actors do that everyone finds funny that aren't a part of the movies are just things that I did in college at summer camp or wherever 
but just they're because they're now a celebrity, it's like ultimately more funny for some reason. Like, <laughs> oh, you like sophomore <laughs> humor and fart jokes. Great. Let's do this. Yeah, nobody was saying that to me. Yeah, right. You're all about it. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about today? Um, I don't know. I felt like to this week for me, the the something that was resonating was sort of calling people out when they're wrong or being direct, you know, and directly speaking to people and telling them what is on your mind instead of that's definitely not what you were thinking about talking about. Really? Wasn't? Oh, no, you're trying calling, to tell me something? No, I'm calling you out on, on, calling the, me out. on the topic of being called out. Oh, very nice. Okay, so very nice. I was, you, what got you thinking about that? So, I mean, I, I briefly mentioned this last week for those who are our uh, regular listeners. Hi, mom. The, Someone uh, finally told you that your mom jeans aren't in style? <laughs> no. Not Some, for I, men, Jamie. Not, not at all. Not at all. No, no one told uh, you yet. They had actually kept that from me. I didn't know that mom jeans weren't a set out. Those were the, that was one of my favorite SNL commercials was mom jeans. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Those were good. Um, So yeah. So what happened was, is that someone, I wrote an article. I think I mentioned this last week. Somebody responded to what I said. And then I spent basically the last week writing a response. And like, it was against every probably like, instinct that I have, because I think I've always had this problem of sort of like facing people and saying exactly what's on my mind and being confrontational and doing all those things. And I, and, but I did it. I told piece and it was the longest thing I've ever written in Hebrew. And it was, it took me forever. And then, um, but I still feel like I have this little gnawing thing inside me that goes, you know, are you sure you wanted to do that? Are you sure you wanted to like call them out on a pub, in a public forum like that? I mean, have you ever done that? Sure. I mean, I think because everyone else is always wrong, they need to be told what's right. So what are they going to do? I mean, I don't want everyone just wandering around life being wrong all the time. You, you, it's, it's really what we call in Hebrew. It's a chesed. You're doing a kindness for them. You know that you're like, you don't, wouldn't, wouldn't want yeah, to. I'm a hot like, shed. <laughs> you are definitely a somebody. Hot shed. Ooh. It's a hot take hot on a hot shed. Hot shed. Just add is a that a fiddle in its Hebrew. Um, I, you know, I, I think I, I'm kind of the same way. I also don't, I mean, public forums, uh, I think are just a mess where it's not direct communication. It's basically two people. The way I view it as an older person right now is it's two people standing on stages um, at, you know, a, a large, uh, concert venue you know like one of those three-day concerts where they have multiple stages it's two people standing up on stages one person yells to their crowd another person yells to their crowd and they just keep yelling at their crowds back and forth how the other person's wrong it doesn't accomplish anything you're obviously dichotomously opposed no one's listening to anybody else right you can't hear the person on the other stage and there's no willingness to even consider their side there's no healthy crucial conversations we call it or or dialogue that you know you're you're just listening to respond you're not listening to hear right right no i I, think i I kind of stay away and i i just i don't i avoid it i I don't avoid kind of talking to people um if i think there's something that needs to be said but i'll give them a call i'll give them a text i'll talk to them face to face i don't i just you know facebook's just kind of a mess i'm on a few forums where i often i'm often embarrassed by colleagues and 
the groups I'm on how people react online that they would never react otherwise. And right. if I took a screenshot of what they just wrote and sent it to people who they're close to in their lives, it would go down in flames. You know, it's sure. like, what, what's sure. going on here that you have this outlet and it's more public than, than your private life. Right. So my, my feeling was with this is that um, the person who was writing what, you know, sort of came at me and presented a bunch of different sources and said, uh, this is this, you're wrong. And this is why you're wrong. And I, I don't have, a, I don't really have a problem with somebody telling me that I'm wrong. Um, I have a problem when somebody sort of takes a public, you know, takes the microphone, tells everybody something. And then I'm like, mm, but that's not the whole truth. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I sort of came back and was like, here's a whole bunch of other things that say, you know, it's okay to do what I'm saying to do. Like we talked about last week, like I have to quote somebody, I can't just say it on my own, but I said, here's a whole bunch of things that say that this is okay. And I felt like when I'm doing this, what you, what totally resonated with me, what you said was, is that we're on two separate stages and we're not really talking to each other. And that's immediately what I feel like when, when this happens is that I'm not necessarily doing this for that person. I'm not trying to convince them I'm not, you know, like, I think like if you're really trying to like engage with somebody to, to change their mind, it might be the biggest, especially on like a Facebook forum. It's the biggest waste of time, you know, sure, in your life. But, but if there are people out there who are being misinformed, I feel like, you know, in the nicest way possible to say that this is, you know, there's more truth to this or actually what I had to say in this one was he actually misquoted something. And I said, look, you know, I said as nicely as possible you misquoted that. That's not what that says. And that's not who said that. And here's that. Right. So, but again, you're right. We're not talking to each other. In fact, I remember there was a time, one of the times I learned that arguments have nothing to do with talking to each other was uh, an altercation I had surfing here in Israel. And I, and I got into a, a, a back and forth with someone and it was at a time where my Hebrew was non-existent. And he yelled at me and I yelled back what I thought I should be yelling back at him. And then he yelled at me again. And then I yelled something else back at him. And I was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that we're not even like speaking the same language. I'm just going to, I say something, he says something. And that's loud pretty noises. Loud noises. And that's, yeah, that's basically Why what it is. are we yelling? <laughs> it's, it's true. It's just like, I, you know, I think you said something that I agree with, but I think is um, totally more about our control than um, than anything else, you said people are being misinformed. Um, now, you know, it, it, there's such a level of misinformation now that anyone can believe whatever they want because they're only looking for things that support what they've already decided rather than what is factually true or what mm-hmm. they've come to from, you know, firsthand eyewitnesses about the the facts. I remember, remember as an RA, we'd have to write, um, what were they called? We'd have to write um, an incident report or something an like incident that. Incident report, but we had to yeah. write it in a form where it was all factual, right? <laughs> like I came into a room and I smelled a substance that was unfamiliar to me. You couldn't presume that that was marijuana, right? That no. was a presumption until you, you know, you until you had to write these things based on what you factually saw, understood, and felt. And if someone asked, you know. You, you can, and you can say the, the, the gentleman answered the door confrontationally. You can't add that it was confrontationally. You can add, he, he said it with a loud tone of voice, you know, that kind of stuff. Wow. 
I think people just jump right to the, their own presumptions and then others take their presumptions as facts and go with that, you know, and with misinformation, it's totally based on, on people's presumptions of what's actually going on here and not factual evidence. So I don't know. I think that's, that's part of the beauty of our relationship and this podcast, I think for people is there is a mutual respect and attempt at understanding without me telling you you're wrong, you telling me I'm wrong. Um, it's like, it's not misinformation that you're Jewish. It's, or that I'm a Christian. It's just a thing. Right. So I don't need to argue and tell people just how, you know, it's just different. It's, it's a different thing. And I think there definitely comes a point. So I, maybe you're going to have to give more facts on what the specifics were um, to justify that it was, you know, misinformation. Uh, But I think you've, you've come, we've all come to experience and believe certain things because of how our lives were shaped. And I think if we're not digging deeper into how did you come to understand this to be that way, mm-hmm. um, then it's, you know, it's kind of, we kind of have to allow the world to be diverse and to be different, to come to different beliefs, you know, and I think the the tipping point in a lot of ways is if it's, if it's harming, if it, you know, like a counselor has, if it's harming you or somebody else, then we're going to have a problem with whatever, the opposing belief is, you know, if you're attempting to hurt yourself, hurt others, then yeah, let's call it out. Mm. And in other ways, I think the facts, like if you're, if you're saying, well, you got your facts wrong. Great. Say that. But if you, if you're saying, well, my presumptions are different and better than yours. Yeah. Right. That's kind of, well, uh, I mean, obviously, horrible. obviously from where I was sitting with this back and forth, there was a, uh, a, a large motivating factor, meaning as I mentioned last time, um, the person in question was challenging uh, my assertion that one could perform a circumcision for an intermarried family, and I feel like when when I when I see something like that, right? I don't. Somebody was you know uh, writing a sermon, you know what I mean, into a into a newspaper, and they and they misquoted something. I am not the guy who's gonna right. I'm not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> called somebody out. That's not worthwhile. But if somebody's, you know, actively saying, no, we need to push people like this out of our community and else like completely leave them out in the dirt, you know, and, and in the dust that that's, I'm going to say, okay, that's enough of a motivating factor for me to say, let's look at the other side of this because there's two sides to what's going on. And I'm all about inclusion. Like that's just where I'm at. So there's gotta be a motivating factor there for sure. Um, you know, the whole thing about call, but like the, you know, what was going through my head when I was thinking about this the entire time, not to too, too much digress, but remember, uh, John Mulaney stand up, he talks about when he once was presenting, uh, um, like some sketch ideas to, um, oh, why am I blanking on his name? The Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger. And he's presenting it to him. And he said, you know, Mick Jagger has like a life where, if he says diet Coke, it just sort of appears in his hand because people run around and get him stuff. So he gets to this sort of level of, right. And he says, um, he presented a sketch to him and, and Mick Jagger goes, not funny. <laughs> like just screamed at him. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's not the level I'm going for, but right. There has to be some sort of in between where we're going to be able to say to people, no, that's not, or maybe this is wrong, or maybe I disagree with you because of X or, that's yeah. just uh, that was going through my head. Anyway, I, I, I mean, let's let's put it this way: 
one of the things that Judaism teaches um, is, uh, and we've talked a little bit about this before, is what's called Lashon Hara, right? Which is talking behind people's back, right? And um, from, from what it teaches, right? Uh, we don't want to go around talking, you know, basically gossip about people, right? But at the same time, I felt like, well, there has to be a, a level of, because uh, uh, there, there actually is a teacher, one rabbinic teacher who said that you should say nothing about anyone else, not positive nor negative to another person when they're not in your presence. And I always thought, okay, that, that seems like a bit much. But at the same time, I always feel like, okay, I should try to tailor my speech about other people as best I can. But yet I have to be able to like, you know, when I come home and I've had a hard day, I've got to be able to tell my wife, like, thank God I don't work for the, for the secret service. Like I know people who work for the secret service and they can tell us nothing about what they do. Right. Like that would be, I, I think I would die if I couldn't tell anyone anything about what happened during my day. Like it would be horrible for me, but at the same time, I don't, you know, it's like this w- weird balancing act. Do you feel like when you're, you know, with your work and people come to your office and they, they, they sort of confide in you, um, what do you feel like you can share? What don't you feel like you can share? And if you can share, be specific because I want to hear some good stories. But no, really, what do you, what do you feel like you have to do in your, uh, in your balancing act in that way? Um, I mean, I, I definitely offer the individual uh, confidentiality and, and it's uh, psycho, psychological um, form. So essentially, if they're not, again, harming themselves or harming others, then it's strictly confidential. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes their spouses and immediate families, as long as they're of sound mind. And, and but your spouses as well is what I'm saying, right? You can't go home. You can't go to your wife and say, oh my God, you'll never believe the story. I'm not going to tell you who it was, but I have no. such a story for you. And like, then you get like, you know what I mean? Like you ever have those things where you go, no, yes, you can't do that. That's never, so you have no, like, and you have to internalize that. That's, that's tough, right? I mean, isn't that very difficult? Am I, or am I just, is that me? It's difficult when my wife knows the person well, for sure. Um, mm. She's also, you know, involved in it. Um, or at least, you know, she's a part of the community. So she has several friends here and um, that makes it challenging. Um, but that's part of the deal. You know what I mean? That's part of the confidentiality contract we sign. Uh, and there's not a real contract, if you will. Uh, but and if there was, it, it's confidential. The confidential contract is confidential. So, nice. um, but yeah, that's just part of it. And yeah, at times it's hard. Um, it where I have a lot of trouble with confidentiality is the. It doesn't just. Um, it doesn't just take hold in in a situation where someone presents a struggle or a sin of some sort, or a confession. It presents itself when people uh, treat me unfairly or, you know, lash out at me or use, you know, people are doing something awful to me. Uh, you know, I get, you know, slander and, and uh, bad mouthing at least a couple times a month, at least I can say that fairly. Um, and some of them are just awful, you know, super negative, super demeaning, not respectful, no constructive criticism, not with a, you know, kind and faithful heart. And those are tough, but I offer, I, you know, I have to gracefully offer them the same confidentiality that I offer everybody else. So I can't go around and slander them because they slandered me. You know, I call it a low blow, right? Like, like, you know, boxers, like if someone punches you below the belt, do you punch them below the belt back or you continue to fight clean? 
Um, and that's where it gets really hard for me. Um, I do, you know, back on the, on the focus topic you started with, I, I do directly say, you know, what you're saying, what you're doing is inappropriate, or here's where I feel like you crossed the line. Um, but many times I often say as well, but that doesn't change, you know, how God loves you and how I'll serve you as a pastor. And that's the hard part is the next time they come into my office, it, they may have cancer, they may have a struggle, they may, you know, they may need to hear the gospel in a positive way or me to celebrate their kid's wedding. And I can't go, well, you were a jerk to me about that sermon. So go find somebody else to do it, you know, and that's the hard part with confidentiality is you need to sort of allow it to, um, to fade away, you know, it always informs how you think or feel about a person, but you can't let it be the determining factor anymore. And that's the really hard part is it, it's, it's even confidential to myself and my future decisions of how I treat people. So there's many people in and out of the congregation that, you know, have hurt me deeply that I still have to show love to in some way. And that that's definitely uh, a challenge. And one of those that takes uh, a lot of hard work, you know, therapy, um, you know, and patience. And sometimes it's just, you know, sometimes it's just uh, creating good boundaries for the future and not, not putting myself in that situation with that person or allowing their, their own talk, their own poison to uh, affect me as well. Would you, but wouldn't you rather have that person come to you and say what they're feeling, even if they did it in the wrong way, like you said, even if it wasn't as respectful and it wasn't the wording that you would have chosen, wouldn't you have rather them come straight to you and not, you know, bad mouth you around the community? I mean, wouldn't you write that direct confrontation? Yes. But most of the time it's, it's both and, and it's not in a spirit of, um, kind of mutual respect and support. Hmm. Um, but yeah, there are some that are, that do really well at that. I have, um, uh, a woman who's been here longer than I have and she's, she's great. And you know, when she has an issue or a struggle, she, I know she probably talks to her spouse, which is fair. Um, but then lets me know, and we have a discussion about it and we've agreed to disagree on some occasions. I've apologized on others. We've helped grow and shape one another and it's a beautiful thing. So yeah, I appreciate it in that regards, but I think, you know, I think people need to check their own um, motivation and purpose. If it's self-preservation, protection, or, you know, to make themselves feel better because they have to be right and I have to be wrong, then that doesn't need to come my way in, in in a negative form. You know, direct is good, but you, I mean, how you're doing it I think is a, is a second layer of it. You know, I think there's people who say, you know, you see on like real housewives shows or, um, or some of the reality shows like the, the, what is it called? The bar rescue show where people say it is what it is, or I'm just going to do me, but they're complete assholes and they don't (laughs) like, they're not actually trying to help people grow and change. They just want to be, they just want to look like evil jerks on TV I've got to do me is probably one of the worst sayings that was ever created. Yeah, right. Like that, that's basically <laughs> like, it's like, it's almost like uh, when people say, you know, I don't mean to be rude, but, and it's like, well, here it comes, you know, with, I'm just saying, you're not just, I'm, saying. Oh, you, you didn't you're not need just, to just say anything. Like just keep you, that to yourself is a better You just said too much is what you did. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's it. I mean, I think if you're going to be direct, that's fine, but you got to run, understand, like if you're being direct and a jerk, it's not going to be as helpful 
and uh, you're going to look worse in someone else's eyes. Do you sure. want to help and look good or you you just want to be a jerk? And I think people don't consider that, you know, I think they're, and I think a lot of people do do both. I think a lot of people do have their circles that they, you know, riot with and gossip and slander and rumor about. Um, and I think that's, the, I mean, that's probably the nature. Maybe I'm pessimistic on this regard, but I think that's the nature of the world is to talk more about someone to those you're close to rather than going to someone, you know, with respect. So here's another question for you. So that one of my teachers, he was uh, known to, and still probably is known to um, organize lots of um, rallies. That's like one of the things that he does. He was known as, you know, an activist is still an activist. Um, and his community, you know, I think rallied behind him on many, many occasions. Um, but I never saw him do this, but I heard through the grapevine, you know, cause I'm sure it happened that, um, if he planned like a rally on a Wednesday and like very few to no people showed up from the synagogue, um, he would come on Shabbat morning and like his sermon would be like just scathing and just screaming at them. Like, what is wrong with you? I mean, like, I mean, let's, let's put it in perspective for a second. You know, there were times when I was going to his rallies that, um, uh, Ahmedinejad was, you know, heading up Iran and was talking about, you know, just, you know, actually nuking Israel, you know what I mean? And these are serious issues. So he takes it very passionately, but could you ever get up there and act like, look your congregation in the face and absolutely just lambast them like that? I don't think I, I don't think I would have it in me to ever do that. No, <laughs> I don't think I could do it either. I give him a lot of respect in that way. I mean, in just the, the ability to do it. And he's, it's so funny because he's not that type of person. He's one of the sweetest, soft-spoken kindest person. But like when, I guess when it's, you know, when he feels it's real, when he's got the thing, like I said, I have something on the other side pushing me. He, he pushes. And I, I mean, I could never, I could never imagine doing that. Yeah. And I think um, it's, it's a very easy anger and, you know, telling people they're wrong are so easy to do, you know, and it's almost a cop out to just lash out in some way. I think it's harder work to consider what does, what do they need to hear and in what way do they need to hear it to help them feel supported, but also grow in a way, you know, and it's, and anger is never never changed anyone, I think, other than killed somebody. That's a big change. I don't think anger, and you know, through, through what I see in Jesus, anger is not the motivational catalyst of the world. It's love. It's unconditional grace and forgiveness. And that's, you know, that's, you know, what I try and offer, even when I'm coaching and trying to, you know, reconcile with or having other folks, it's, it's always in kind of a way that, you know, people can see the other side, the, the, how the other side might be feeling and thinking. Um, when I preach, sometimes I'll preach a challenge that I've got to figure out how do I say this without my anger or my yelling or, Hey, this is wrong. Fix it. You're racist jerks. You know, mm. it's like, yeah, it's not yeah. going to help. That's, that's probably going to get you fired. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's life not changing. A, that's for anyone listening. That's not an actual example of where I am now at all. It's just, thank God. There's there's ways in which we need to you know be direct, but also consider what the what the purpose is. And I think I don't know. I think some people think being direct. They assume being direct means you know lashing out and you know be without without considering how it's done. And really, it's you've got to have some sort of 
you know, respect for the other party. And again, I think if it's, if, if you've been hurt by something, go ahead, lash out if you need to and, and be direct and angry and loud and spiteful. But I think most cases, that's not the truth at all. I think people are just doing it and giving up the sense of decency and work that goes behind trying to help and change and be a better person. I think it takes a lot of energy though, to be when you're on that other side to not, uh, you know, lash out back. Right. Like I, this actually this very morning I went, I went surfing and, uh, and there was a guy out there who, you know, the second he walked in, like we had about, you know, it wasn't super huge and there weren't a lot, a lot of waves. And I was there with a friend of mine and I think there were two other people out and everybody was sharing waves, you know, like, and, and when things are respectful in the water, right? Like you, you get a wave and you sort of sit in a certain position, which means that you're not going to take the very next wave that comes and you give waves to the other guy. And then when they get a wave, then you sort of move into the position where, you know, you're going to go for the next yeah, wave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like I, you know, that rotation was going down and this guy shows up and starts just, he, I couldn't tell, you know, cause of the language barrier as well, whether or not he was just screaming at this other guy, or he's just one of those guys who speaks really loudly. And in Israel, we've got quite a few of those, just, I don't know if you know that. And so, you know, he was, he was yelling. And then I took a wave and I was completely in position. And when I came, you know, when I came back out, I thought for sure he was going to start yelling at me because he was in front of me and I sort of swooped under him and took the wave. I thought for sure he was going to start screaming at me. I come back out. No, it doesn't happen. So then it happened a second time that he paddled in front of me. Now he had had two waves in, you know, intermittently and I took a wave and then I came back out and he starts screaming at me. And I, you know, I, I did my best the entire time to sort of, you know, stand my ground, raise my voice slightly, but my whole goal was not to get like wrapped into it and, you know, start really losing my pay, you know, like really getting upset. And at one point I turned to him, I can't believe I said this. And I turned to him and, and this was all in Hebrew. And I said to him, I don't know what you're, what are you mad at? You know, what, what, what what's bothering you? And the guy goes, I'm not mad. And I was like, Oh my God, he doesn't even know when he's mad. And then I said, listen, I don't know why you woke up this morning and felt like you needed to yell at somebody. I'm really sorry. It's me, but I didn't do anything to you. And I was like, and, and so at one point I said, you know, I'm, I'm, he said, you just took a wave. Now it's my turn to take a wave. I said, fine. I'm happy to give you a wave. He says, Oh, give you a wave. Like, look at you, the big King making up all these rules. And I was like, I didn't, make up rules. There are rules and how surfing, but anyway, so it was just, it was interesting how, when somebody is being direct with you, how it also takes a lot of energy to, to like sort of let it in. If it's really a good critique, even though it might not be coming in the correct way, you know what I mean? And to, to not get wrapped up in that and, and sort of push back, you know what I mean? And, and I'm sure that must be hard for you when people come in and give you the, 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 the hard critiques. Sure. And the part of it is to remove yourself from the interaction and see what's going on because um, 90% of the time you will react in the opposite voice than what you're met with. And the two opposite voices are always in contradiction. Um, so what do you mean by opposite voice? What does that mean? So like um, psychologically, there's a, a parent, adult and child voice that's in your head, right? The parent says you should have to need to do the, the child says, I want to, um, you know, impulses control their actions and the adult can pull from both sides. So that guy says to you, you know, you should give me another wave or, or, you know, he's talking like a parent. So your impulse is to talk like a child. Well, I don't want to, or maybe you guys were, it sounds like you guys were, um, were opposite. Like you're always sort of transitioning to the opposition and he couldn't, 
So you tried to move to the adult tape, the one that can say, okay, I understand that you really want a wave and I know you should obey the rules of surfing that are un- unwritten and no one's taking a class. Could you imagine on. if I said it to him just like that though? Like I if I said, I understand. You, I will offer you the next wave if you, you know, and you'll get two in a row and I won't mention it if I could have the wave after that, right? You're trying to be the adult, but that person cannot see beyond the scenario and they're still operating in the child role, right? right. Well, this is, what do you mean? And so like they get offended at when you're trying to be respectful and meet them halfway, they get offended. Right. Like, so it, it does often become that way. If both parties cannot pull themselves out of that human instinct to be at opposition with someone who they, you know, they see odds with, very few people kind of pull, you know, um, zoom out and kind of go, Oh, I feel bad for myself because, um, because of that anger. Like I shouldn't be angry. I'm surfing. It's a beautiful day. I've got free time. Right. And that's, I I always think, I think that often when I'm surfing and I see a fighter, I get in an altercation. I'm always like, what the hell is this? This is the most peaceful place on earth where I feel more connected with the universe than I ever do. Why am I angry or why are these people yelling at each other? And I I actually like, I like when others get in fights because I get a couple waves while they're yelling at each other, you know, plus you get to, you get like a good show too. You guys mind if I, if I play through? (laughs) All right. Thanks. Yeah, you're right. You're telling, tell him how wrong he is. I'll tell you, I had this, I had this one uh, incident where I was, uh, there's a, there's a lot of what I'm talking about. Like, this is not just sort of centered in the ocean, these sorts of interactions in this country. Sure. It's a it's a very direct um, sort of culture where if somebody does something, they will call you out and they will usually do it in a, you know, sort of gruff fashion. That's normal, right? Um, but a lot of the time I see things where the interaction is happening and I'm like, why can't that person just ask for what they want? Just like you said. And so this one time I, I, uh, I had parked somewhere and there was like, it was a great social experiment next to the place where I used to work is a dirt lot. And the dirt lot is, yeah, you know, no lines whatsoever. And, and it's fun to just watch everyone park, you know, in some sort of fashion and they like park on top of each other and everybody's parking in weird places. And so I parked in this one spot where I'd always parked. Now what had happened was, is where I was parked perpendicular to this van, he now couldn't back out. He wasn't there. I don't think when I first parked there and then he, he needed to pull out and I happened to walk by as he was stuck and I needed to put something in my car. I didn't even notice it was happening. I put something in my car and he leans out the window and screams at me and goes, why'd you even park there? What's wrong with you? Can't you see you can't park there? And I'm like, this is a dirt lot. You can park anywhere. <laughs> and then he goes, he goes down. Exactly. On the other side of where I was parked is a red and white uh, checkered line. That's how they tell you, you can't park somewhere. But that was for, if I was like outside of the dirt lot on the other side of the thing. And he goes, you can't park. And I, and I sat there and I went, I'm not going to get wrapped into this. And I looked at him and I said, you know, you could just ask me to move and I'd be happy to move. And he was like, he keeps screaming. And I'm like, and I just sat there and let him be stuck until he finally went, I said, I'm, I'm waiting. And he goes, can you move your car? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, 
I'd be happy to move my car. Thank you for asking. And like, you know, what made you think to ask that? And I moved my car and he got out and whatever. But like to get people in this country to that point, like, again, being direct is a good, I don't, I think it's actually better than this whole sort of faux atmosphere that I felt like I experienced in America more where people were always being like, you know, faux polite or not saying what was really on their mind. And I, I do appreciate that in Israel, they speak their mind and they, what's on their mind comes out. You know what I mean? But but it doesn't always get you what you want. And it doesn't always have to be that, you know, in confrontationally in your face. You could just, he could have just said, listen, you know, um, could you help me out here? I'm, I'm blocked in, you know? Yeah. In, when we were in Jamaica, uh, one of the things that was, that was humorous, uh, was everyone uses the their horns in their cars constantly. You're just hearing horns. And so we took a taxi one day down to the town and we asked the guy, we're like, why are you, why are you honking your horn so much? We, we like, we, we never do that in America. It's like, Right. You you honk if you're angry. And if you do to, you know, for some reason to, 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 to like communicate with someone that something's going on, you feel embarrassed or you like apologize after. Yeah, it's like this apologizing. Sorry. And he was like, oh, we just it's how they say hello. It's how they, you know, let people know they're passing. It's, it's amazing. Way to communicate. It's all they've got to let it someone else in another car. And it is very direct. It's like this is I'm getting your attention, letting you know something. And he, he said it's, you know, it's never anger. Uh, he said, if I'm ever, I think he said something like he's, if he's ever angry, angry with someone, he'd, you know, he'd open the window and be screaming at him instead. Uh, that's that's interesting. Because a, right, like, a car horn was not created as the anger vessel, right? It's yeah, not like, yeah. you just have a perception that that's the, the you know. Oh, but there's, but there's, a, you know, like, I'm sure you might, I don't know if you noticed this with them, but like, there's a, there are different honks, right? There's like, if I tap it, right? That's a different hunk than the hold on and like, you know, hold it for like 30 seconds hunk. That's a, that's an anger hunk. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a difference. Yeah. But in America, we use it so infrequently that all honks sound the same. It's like Eskimos have, you know, what, 21 yeah. snow and we only hear one because we only know one kind of snow. Of course. No. So, but in this actually for a while, they tried to outlaw it and in, 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 at least in Jerusalem, if not in Hunk all of Israel, they tried to, to outlaw that. They tried to outlaw it. Like, like making, meaning like, if the if the police saw heard you honking and saw that there was no imminent danger of any kind and you just were like you know they would like they give you a ticket. Uh, it's it's kind of like going uh you know forty miles an hour or less on the uh, on the highway right you you can actually get a ticket for going too slowly right. And did people argue like it's their inalienable constitution right to uh, <laughs> yes like, their <laughs> like that's in this country they I mean they would tell you everything's their inalienable right telling you that much. Um, you know, it's, uh, what, what I also find in my work, the, the place where direct, um, communication and direct sort of whatever, if uh, a place where I feel like people could be more direct is, um, when I, I've had friends in the past who, um, have decided for whatever reason, and it might, you know, it might've been more than more friends than not friends have decided not to use me as their moral. They didn't, they had a baby boy. They didn't want me to do the circumcision. And it's like this weird sort of beating around the bush kind of like, you know, oh, uh, do you, uh, are you going to ask, are you not going to ask me? And like, it's this weird. And I, and I always wish that like, there was like one or two friends that, that turned to me and just said, listen, you know, um, you know, whatever it is, the, my wife was really looking forward to having this person do it. And I, and I'd say, great, great. You know, I just, it, it's a, it's a very, you know, it's, it gets this added level of tension because it's not just that they're not using me. It's also that they're inviting me to the event. And then I have to sit there, 
you know, watching the whole thing go down and I'm not the one doing it, which again, isn't necessarily a problem. My wife once said to me, she's like, you know, we have friends that are, that are, um, tour guides. And when my, our, her parents come, she's like, I don't ask them to be the tour guide. And I was like, yeah, but you don't invite them on the tour. You know, <laughs> like that's a very different experience. Mm-hmm. And so I'm um, you know, better than me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so I always just, I appreciated those times where somebody, it wasn't even anything that took much to say, just sort of a, Hey, you know, we really wanted to, but whatever, you know, and that little bit of direct communication for me, really, it went a real long way and I really appreciated it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that's a tough one too, because I think some people probably just don't choose you because they think you want to enjoy the bris instead of being the. Oh yeah. But there's also the, there's a ton of other things that could be, it's like the whole thing of how people don't use their friend as their, you know, person who's doing their operation because God forbid anything goes wrong. They don't want to, you know, see that and have that sort of negative association with somebody they're close with. I under, there are like, it got to the point where I have sort of the, my de facto position is, and I always tell people this, there are a million reasons why people choose somebody to do a you know, to do this and a million reasons why they don't. And I'm okay with, you know what I mean? And I sort of go, unless, you know, you just want sort of, the, the direct, like, Hey, we're yeah. using you because you suck. Because, because we're friends and I'm, you know, I'm going to be probably there and, you know, like, just let me know what, you know, what's going on. I, I are definitely, there, are there Yelp reviews for Moyles? <laughs> there are probably, I mean, I have reviews on my Facebook business page. So you can, if anyone wants to go have a good time, not but only you can choose you see which ones go up there. That's not no, like you actually have no control over that. I think on Facebook. On Facebook, you, you what happened? Because I actually have a problem where there are people who are anti circumcision and they they write these like they're not reviews, they just write horrible things on, on the Facebook page oh, and they're saying they're reviewing me, but they're not <laughs> reviewing me. And I'm like, and I have to go to Facebook and say, I've never met this person before, and they're writing horrible things and they're like, oh, nothing we can do. And then I finally get them to take it down and whatever. So, uh, bizarre. but yeah. 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 But yeah, it's not the actual product. Yeah, that's I've seen a bunch of Yelp reviews similar, where now with with COVID, people are reviewing businesses based on the COVID their COVID kind of guidelines and practices, and I'm just like, okay, how was the food? Like, like <laughs> I don't care about the mask wearing. Did you, you know, eat? Like, it? All right, you 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 get to pick and choose, and I think you know everybody's trying, as long as they're not. I don't know. I I think people are all trying to do their best to keep everybody safe and and keep their business open and their own family and family livelihood of the, the families right. they employ together. Right. So as long as they're doing something, if it's not good enough for you and you don't feel safe enough, fine, go next door. But that doesn't yeah. review the business or the product. It's sort of a weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is, but this is also a problem that we're facing. And I actually did want to talk about, which is this sort of, I mean, a lot of people like this term, a lot of people don't like this term, but the cancel culture that's going on in the world right now. Right. And where people feel a need to not be direct and to sort of publicize to everyone else around the world. I mean, for better or for worse, something bad that happened. Right. And, and what's, I'm this out. Um, I heard somebody talking about it actually just recently. And I thought it was really spot on where they said, the issue is, is that most people these days, you know, cause you've got somebody right. Who's having an altercation or something. And then you've got somebody who's recording it. Now, clearly the person who's recording it 
it's not the right. And then posting it on every social media, you know, platform they can get it on. That's not the right thing to do, especially because the way this person put it, and I, I think it was spot on the person who's, you know, being outed, so to speak, is probably having a, not, not all the time, but there are times they're just having a bad day. You know what I mean? And like, no one is willing to sort of just say, maybe this person is just not, ha- I'll give you the, I'll give you the, the, the background to it in a second, but maybe this person is just having a bad day and I should just rely like sort of, that should be my default position that I'm not going to think that people are racist or I'm not going to think that people are doing bad things. They're just having a bad day and let's let them, you know, you know, if they're really that bad, it'll probably come out over time. I'll give you the example. The example was that, I don't know how many days ago it was now, but only a couple of days ago, there was um, someone who posted a video of, uh, I believe it was someone who was black came to a hotel front desk. I don't know if you heard if this story was like really disseminated in, in the States, but uh, came to the front desk and there, there, an altercation ensued. And when it did between the clerk and the person who was, you know, coming to the hotel and the person really, I mean, in the, in the audio footage I heard was, you know, the, the customer was really giving the guy a hard time. And then the guy like completely breaks down and starts slamming his head against the computer and on the keys of the you know keyboard and says something to the effect of, you know, you're ruining my life and then proceeds to start crying and then, you know, runs into the back and like slams the door and locks the door. Turns out, the guy has schizophrenic tendencies, the guy who was working at the hotel. And they posted this on, on you know, whatever it was, Instagram, Facebook goes viral. And, and it's like, oh my God, you know, like the poor guy had, a, you know, whatever led up to it, whatever caused the altercation to occur. Why, why aren't people just thinking, you know what? I'm definitely, I mean, I can say to the person directly, that's what we're talking about. I really didn't appreciate when you did, when you slammed your head against the keyboard, but did I need to post it on social media? Did I need to like, you know, make the world see this? It doesn't seem like the right thing to do. Yeah. I mean, in that instance, it sounds like an example of what you're saying. Like the guy was having a bad day. A a good portion of cancel culture came from a, a very true, uh, underground movement of people who have typically gone unheard and unrecognized or have been silenced um, based on their experience of something that is evil, racism, sexism, uh, rape and, and violence. And that's been silenced in some way. Right. And LeVar Burton did a great, um, a a great response to an interview he did with Megan McCain and he called it consequence culture. And that's where it takes on a whole different realm where these kind of pariahs in, in society, whether they're, you know, athletes or actors or psychologists or, um, uh, you know, doctors who worked with, with uh, gymnasts at the Olympics, right? There, are con- there should be consequences to their actions. And for decades, years, these, these people right. have been doing these awful things. And they've been silencing people and not calling it out or racism has been kind of, you know, people eye rolled about blackface and saying, oh, it's just people being silly. But if it's hurting someone and they're being silenced, they're starting to speak up on that and realizing that there's there's a deep pain behind it. And our culture and individuals need to say, need to recognize I did, you know, you know, in some way we see people who are apologizing, say I didn't intend it that way or even know that you felt that way. I do apologize. I will never do it again. And I want to learn more about how, right? That's a beautiful thing. Several comedians well, have done that where they've apologized 
and they've taken on the consequences of what they didn't know to be true. But those people that are being canceled that had bad days, for sure, for a Yelp review of a, you know, of a McDonald's employee that um, was depressed, or like you said, that guy had schizophrenia. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one. And that they're, well, they're kind of the, the victims of this awful kind of wave of social media that can quickly place judgment on people and not look deeper into what's going on. Well, it's not only the judgment I feel like is hard for me. It's also the sort of judge, jury, executioner, you know, who decides who and why someone's life gets ruined. You know what I mean? Like that's the hard part for me. I have no issue, again, with people being called out and people learning something, apologizing. Like those are all really productive things. I don't feel like I hear enough about people doing that right? Where somebody's called out and there's a productive conversation that ensues. I mean, I think we talked about um, uh, one co- a female comedian, and I think it's Margaret Cho, I think it was, or something who, who, did we talk about that? Where she, you know, did a, she did a show and the, and the audience was really turned off by it and she heard it. She then invited the entire, you know, uh, audience back again had a conversation with them. You know, I think there was some sort of intermediary there as well. I forget who came with her. And then she said, this is what I was intending. I didn't mean to offend people. And now I'm going to sort of, I don't know if she did like a, she continued the show or did like a different show or something, but it was, that was an extremely productive thing that that's a positive sort of, and that's why it's not, but I wouldn't call that cancel culture. You know what I mean? Being called out for what you've done wrong is, is, is absolutely the right thing to do. But you know, making people that is lose what they're calling cancel culture. culture. They're lumping both those parties into one ah. terminology, right? So, Jimmy Fallon doing blackface before it was really called out inappropriate is being lumped in with you know um, Hollywood execs groping women and forcing right. them to be quiet about it. And that's right. the part where it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's very different. You know, like I yeah. think there's there's a nature of the intent there there's a nature of you know how their response was you know if someone told jimmy fallon that was wrong the day after he did blackface in i don't know 2090s maybe um and he slipped it under the rug and kept doing it yeah he, he should be lumped in with all of that but um but, you know, when, when brought to, uh, you know, feet to the fire, he was like, yeah, I, I back up on that. There's a whole list on Buzzfeed about kind of 15 comedians who are really facing the consequences of their jokes and who have doubled back, apologized. Tina Fey even is advocating to pull several episodes of 30 Rock from wherever it's um, syndicated because how awful she feels of, of you know, the, the implications of some of her jokes. I think it's it's great that they're trying to, you know, pull those back and apologize rather than dig their heels in and say, Oh, it was just a joke. Like who yeah. was it? Um, oh, Bill Burr is the king of that. I think if I'm not mistaken, Bill yeah, Burr no, loved, but he know. hasn't, um, who's, who's the one, uh, Louis CK. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Doubled down on some of his jokes and you're like, dude, it's no okay. Way. You know, <laughs> it's okay to be wrong. You're like, how do you not hear how awful you sound? And then it just got worse and worse and worse. And, and some, I mean, he did some messed up stuff. Um, and you're like, yeah, you need to be, have consequences for that. But if you can't even realize it's wrong. Yeah. I mean, you should be canceled. I think people should pull all your stuff and not watch it anymore. If you're going to be that, you know, adamantly opposed to, you know, a deeper understanding of how other people may see things. And I think that's a, 
jokes are tough too because uh, yep. most of them will offend someone. Uh, this is true. Uh, and so it's a matter of like, it's a, there's definitely a fine line, I guess. That's my fit. One of my favorite lines was a Dave Chappelle line where he said, um, he, I think he launches either launched into something or was about to launch into something. And, and he knew it was going to be offensive. And he said, just remember, uh, you clicked on this. Okay. I didn't come to your house and start saying these things to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's, you yeah, there's, there's, there's something to be said there. You know what I mean? And I think there's also something to be said about, um, my, my feeling is that, you know, whether or not people should, you know, you should pull everything and stop watching everything. I think people should work more on the present and say, you know what? Um, I think we're going to start, you know, moving towards saying people are not going to come to your show anymore. Like if you're going to make jokes like that and whatever, that, that that's where you're going to lose, you know, you're going to lose your audience. And that's fair. I think that's fair. But I think yeah. the whole Dr. Seussing of everyone is, I don't know if that's a, a great way to head, you know, to do things. Dr. Seussing should have been a term that was used long before this when you, you, you rhyme everything about a person. That would have been a fun way to use it. It's, oh, yeah. Like whenever you make up a word, you'd be like, ah, oh, sorry, just Dr. Seuss that. I didn't, I, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> you accidentally rhyme. <laughs> oh, good what times. was he a doctor of, anyways? Yeah, exactly. A doctor of terminology. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm going to Google where Dr. Seuss. Got his doctorate. <laughs> I'm sure that'll come up with very little. Was it honorary or was it actual? Dartmouth College intended it, to earn it a was doctorate definitely honorary. philosophy in English. He intended to. So he, he gave himself. Oh, yeah. No, I tend to, I've intended to do lots of things. <laughs> I'd love to. I have lots of intentions. Every morning I get up with lots of intentions. I don't know if I get them he all made himself. He made himself a doctor. He just called himself a doctor. I did that for a time too. My cell phone number uh, in Rhode Island was, uh, 401 Dr. G Rusk. So I made oh, cards. I remember I made, that. I made business cards and give to people. That's yeah. amazing. And it said something like, you know, need help? Call the doctor. Dr. G Rusk <laughs> was the 401 yeah. Dr. G Rusk. What I but I had somebody, I had some sort of incident when I was in, when I was living in Rhode Island, that it was eh, anti-Semitic, whatever. And I just didn't want somebody to be able to find me that easily. And I had heard through the grapevine that you could, this was way, I mean, back in the days of like uh, star 69 and, uh, and when we first had caller ID and I would, I, I decided, you know, I don't, I heard you could have your number instead of you had to pay to have it enlisted, but you could just tell them I want it to be my dog's name. And um, and, but then, and then you wouldn't have to pay. So I said, Oh, I called up the phone company. I said, I'd like to, you know, put my, my phone number in my dog's name. And they said, okay, well, what's your dog's name? And I had, I had the first part planned. I was like, Oh, Rufus. And they're like, okay, is Rufus going to have a last name? And I'm like, Goldberg. <laughs> so, so I, whenever I called my friends, they would say, who's Rufus Goldberg. And I was like, Oh, that's me. And then it was great too, because anytime somebody called to like, you know, try and sell me something, you know, all the solicitors, I, they'd be like, is Mr. Goldberg there? I was like, nobody here by that name. And like, <laughs> get away with it every time. You want the dog? Yeah. Sorry. The dog's not here right now. <laughs> I'm not giving him my credit card again. <laughs> Last time he bought a whole Lego set. <laughs> That's what your dog's into? Yeah. Well, what, what can I say? All right, my friend. Well, I think it's a good place to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for uh, for listening, everybody. Jamie, as always, great to see you. Always good to see you, Ralph. All right, all. See you soon. Thanks for listening. Ta-